DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. All right, PK, anything good happen in the U.S. Open during the break? Jordan Spieth make another birdie? No. Okay. Keep us up to date if anything awesome happens. Yeah. I'm just, uh, right now, I'm still on a high for the uh, Country Music Awards last night, man. This has been a great 24 hours for me. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I staked out this band that I saw years ago. I think I first saw them. The Amphitheater in Chula Vista, California. Kenny Chesney, they were opening probably six, seven, eight years ago. And they blew up and won two awards. Album of the Group of the Year, Album of the Year, Song of the Year. I love me, my old Dominion. I watched that whole thing last night start to finish. It was awesome. We're getting a lot of feedback here on the uh, the Pac-12. Uh, do you think the Pac-12 will join the Big Ten and play football? Ran a poll yesterday, gave it 24 hours. It's all over. 39% of the people think they're going to play. 34% say nope. And 27% gave it the old. Who knows? Not making any predictions. Aren't we both firmly in their playing category? You're right down to the date. Well, I told you earlier in the week that I'd be shocked if they weren't playing in... November. Now, it's not really my opinion. It's what's told to me. And so I repeated it. Just like in the summer, I repeated that they were going to go to conference only. Uh, so, a lot of the stuff I say, all the stuff like BYU earlier in the week, was just, just repeating what was said to me. It's not my opinion. <laughs> Nobody. I, yeah, I do think they're going to when I listen to folks who are involved in it and they tell me that there were three cases of guys testing positive on the way back from Annapolis and then Kalani gets on there the next day and said we had a small amount of players test positive on the way back from Indianapolis or Indianapolis, Annapolis. Uh, yeah. At this point, you know, I really don't care whether you believe me or not because it's not really me. I'm just saying it, but I'm saying what's been repeated to me, or repeated, I don't know, repeated, but peated. Does that make sense? If it's peated? If something is said to you the first time, is it peated? <laughs> you repeat it? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> so I think that was the case. So, yeah, I think they're going to get going. And they should really, when you think about it, if that's the case, they should be starting practice here real soon. You would think. You would think that uh, you need about a month to get ready. Now, is this going to be the year? I was thinking about this last night. You know, all the cliches that come with the start of the football season. Is this going to be the year that we don't hear, we're tired of hitting each other, we're ready. Or we're tired of hitting each other, we're ready to hit somebody else. Oh, in training camp? Yeah. Now, if you just have, I don't know, whatever it turns out to be, three, four, five weeks. I wouldn't think it would be three. I think it would be more than that. But... If it were three, they'd be talking about playing earlier and playing more games. So I expect it'll be four or five, six, somewhere in there. But yeah, at least we will hear that. If we do hear that, it's going to be like, well, okay, then that's just something that has to be said before the first game. They physically they have to get those words out of them or they don't feel prepared. 
Well, I think that what they should do, because you have different jurisdictions, and it was funny, you know, you had the governor of California, and then you had the Washington or Oregon, I guess it was, those folks. It seems like they've changed their tunes. Now, I can't say what specifically Governor Newsom of California has been saying all this time, because I have not followed his words. I see reports of it, but I have not heard it. I don't pay enough attention to know, but then I hear see yesterday which goes right along with what I was told earlier as far as not being being shocked if they weren't playing in October or November that these things, oh, yeah, you can practice and then they can have some type of deal if you want to do like Niamatololo did with no hitting or you do the, the walkthroughs or you do it virtually or whatever. I do think going forward they should have it universal despite what individual states might have. So that's where you have the conference, and that's what was explained to me way back in July, that this is the reasons, these are the reasons why we're going to go conference only, is because you could have some form of uniformity. So what you do is whatever they, they are, you, you know, you, you can have 11 on 11 under these circumstances, or this is, this is going to be the practice format for the next, if it's six weeks or three weeks or anywhere in between. You see what I'm saying? So you don't have one group of teams, say in California, doing this in practice, and then in right. Arizona or Washington and Oregon, they're doing something different. It seems to me to have some form of fairness that you should have it across the board that, okay, this is as a conference, this is what we're going to allow for the next X amount of time leading up to the first game. Yeah, right down to what cancels a game or what enables a game to go ahead. They can drop all that stuff in advance and agree on it because, and I think we've already seen this with BYU's first couple of scheduled games. You know, everybody isn't on the same page. It hasn't all been prearranged and agreed on. Uh, and obviously, it's even more complicated because the teams are all the way across the country. But, you know, just being in a different state is enough. You can be in the state next door. Washington and Oregon apparently have had different rules. You know, everybody's been worried about Oregon. Nobody's been right. worried about the Washington schools. So, Yeah, and so go ahead, and, and that's what you go through. That makes sense to me as you prepare to start practice, basically. You know, from with the point of playing a game, I realize they've been doing stuff, but not with the point of a start date. I'm thinking there's somewhere out there there's going to be a game somewhere along the line. So they've been doing whatever they've been doing with their uh, 12 hours out there and whatever it might be. So you have they have that uniformity, and then you go forward and recognize that it could all blow up. See what I, I don't want to hear if it blows up. See, I told you. Well, you will. <laughs> so it doesn't matter whether it's a, it. a good idea or logical or fair or whatever other word you want to throw out there. It's uh, things are too polarized and people are too fired up. It's just everything that happens is going to be followed by I told you so. I mean, the, the Pac-12 yeah. coming it, it, back, uh, you're following the Big Ten. You finally pulled your head out of your you-know-what. I told you so. Right. There's no for one minute. I think we should really embrace the idea of like 15 minute testing. What part of your life that you miss? And this isn't the same for everybody. But what part of your life that you miss? Could you get back if 15 minute testing for 15 bucks was available? Now, there'd be some stuff you wouldn't get back. 
And, you know, how often can you afford to pay 15 bucks to do whatever it is you want to do? But from going into a game to going into a restaurant to going into a concert to going into a state park or a national park or a theme park, you know, if you could get tested, how much of your old life could you get back for an hour or three hours or a day? There's no embracing of that going forward. What? I don't look at it that way. It's not what I can get back. It's what the person who lost his or her job can get back. Uh, but see, that, That's the that, way I look at that, it. And that all goes hand in hand. Because if you get back going into a restaurant, a waiter or a waitress or a chef or cook, whatever, uh, the business owner is going to get back what they had. You know, The people who lost right, their jobs at theme parks will get it back. that's more important than me being able to go in and have a sit-down meal. Who cares if I can have a sit-down meal or not? I think not? we got a I line of food, listeners who care. Go sit down at home. I don't care. I care about the waiter or waitress that is relying on that money. Not somebody whose family has all sorts of millions of dollars and whatnot. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. Good on them. They got into a great situation. I'm happy for them. I'm talking about the ground-level dude or dudette, because that's who I am, man. I'm the ground-level guy. Now, yes, I make more money than the ground-level guy. But I am my father's son every freaking day of my life. And he was a ground-level dude. And that's what these people are saying, well, no, this is the darkest day in Big Ten history. You didn't get laid off. If you would have got laid off and your employment was determined upon the Big Ten coming back, I'm guessing you might think differently. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Call Yock and tell him what you think, and don't go on the air like the last two people. No. Oh, come on there. We want you to come on 855-340-ZONE. Have some freaking stones. (laughs) 855-what? 340-ZONE. Let's get some dialogue going. (laughs) Come on. Nice. Nice. (laughs) That's old school right there. Dust that one off the top (laughs) shelf and pull it down. Who would be afraid to talk to me? Uh, I'm like the world's most approachable guy. You'd be surprised. (laughs) You're screaming at everybody now about everything. (laughs) I'm not just screaming. I'm talking. Yuck, ruling from the judge. Uh, Yeah. Oh, you (laughs) Western people. Get off the fence. The fence hurts, Yuck. You'll be more comfortable when you get off. PK, you would be surprised how many people I have talked to that are like, I I don't really want to talk to PK. I just don't want to. (laughs) I'm not snarly. I'm not gnarly. What? I'm lovable. I'm a gnarly? teddy bear. Wow. Yeah, is this on? Is this on? <laughs> Come on, man. Teddy bear smacking with... a mic or I'm going to smack the back of your head. You're a teddy bear with fangs. Okay. Think of like a vampire nah, teddy bear. That's what you got going The fangs aren't sharp anymore. They're dentures. Hey, put it, write that down, Yach, before we forget it for a movie idea. Follow up to that Ted movie, right, with the bear? Vampire Ted. Yes, again, a vampire Ted. People go see that when people are getting tested and going into movie theaters. I'm the most approachable, lovable dude I know. (laughs) Okay, then. My sign is always open. (laughs) Your what? Yeah, sign, you know, like what has open or closed. Okay. You know what I mean? No, there's, the reason why I have the hat and the sunglasses at the gym is because of the bright lights. <laughs> All right. 
you're just, you're, you you're, win. You're about to get on a roll. <laughs> but otherwise, now, no problem. If I'm, I'm sitting there on a machine trying to pound out a you know whatever, and you wanna you wanna come talk to me right in the middle of it, I've got no problem with that. While you're knocking out your five miles, and you're repping, our, our repping three universal machine, whatever. Yeah, doesn't doesn't have to. Yeah, it could be free weights. I don't do a lot of free weights. Uh, mostly universal type machines that have some of them. You know, they have the weights attached to them. We've all seen those. We know what we're talking about. So, yeah. Or do I try to do thirty cardio, thirty minutes of cardio a day, and and then do the weight stuff. So, I'll be there later today. Then I come back and watch the U.S. Open, and then get ready for the uh, NBA playoff and NFL football. We got any college tonight? I don't think we do, but I can check. Um, it's the Bengals and the Browns for the uh, the NFL fans. Yeah, and oh, I want to see Barrow. I want to see how he's going to do. And I watched. I was flicking around on Sunday. No college. No college. Yeah, no college tonight. Tomorrow night it's Campbell and Coastal Carolina on ESPN. The Campbells and the Chanticleers. I saw Coastal Carolina play the other night against Kansas. I was going to watch them again. Campbell had Georgia (laughs) Southern on the ropes last week. On the ropes, man. You know what it's like to live on the ropes? Let me tell you. I know what it's like to live on the ropes. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Craig Buller, Jack joins us. We'll talk some NBA playoffs and offseason moves for the Jazz and Brian Taylor, U.S. Open update, 9 o'clock. Anything good going on in the U.S. Open? Any changes, PK? Uh, Tigers putting for bogey right now. So, And he's playing with Justin Thomas. I can see Justin Thomas in the background. Tiger is uh, just addressing his ball. There was something I was going to tell. We were in the middle of something. But they put up a thing on the uh, screen. Mm-hmm. That the reason why he bogeyed is because he landed and he's plus two now. And he bogeyed uh, uh, eight, so he's plus two through eight. And, and boy, he didn't look happy. <laughs> now that is a scowl. <laughs> and, and so they had a little graphic. He was just about maybe six inches into that second rough. Mm-hmm. And the six inches was a difference of two feet of rough. Uh. And so because he was in that second cut, he basically just had to punch it out. And that's how he ended up with a bogey. So a little bit of difference there. The ball just trickled to his left just a little bit, went in that the thickest grass. There's three levels, the fairway, the first cut, the second cut. How know, deep is the first cut? What does it look like? Well, Cut is the deepest, baby. I know the first cut is the deepest. Uh, I think it's uh, less than a foot. That's what I'm saying. There was about a two foot difference between uh, that little six inches, basically. So, if he would have had it six inches more to the right, he would have been able to have a fairly normal shot. Not fairway, but not this extreme rough, and so. There he was. It wasn't a bad shot. It just trickles a little left, and then he has to punch out because it's so thick and so deep. And, it's boy, it's really a challenge. You wonder guys like you and me, man, probably mm-hmm. shooting hundreds. Yeah. Yeah, we, we would want no part of that. I was watching one of the shows this week leading up to it, and they were talking about guys are going to be trying to hit a 24-foot-wide fairway that's 
290 yards away. And then they were going into why you don't want to drive at 310 on this hole, you know, strategically, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it'll be like at 290, 285, 290, 295, and they'll be trying to hit a 24-foot target. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, good luck with that. (laughs) That's the difference between a pro and an amateur. (laughs) Like, you can, I mean, you... You can you break eighty all the time. There's lots of people who'd never come close to that. Uh, <laughs> like you wouldn't want any part of that. So no. And clearly, judging by Tiger's face, even elite pros don't want any part of that at time. It's funny. ESPN has a headline on here. It's like they tried to make wing foot easier. We'll take the rough down from two feet to eighteen inches. No, they didn't. They let, I know, they, they right? Let, they let it dry out. They were talking about earlier this week how much they dried it out. This is part one of the reasons the Masters is is people look at it as like the best major and into it. You play the same course all the time, but guys standing over the ball, you don't know as they stand in the tee box if they're going to make birdie, if they're going to make par, or if they're going to make bogey. It's exciting. It's unpredictable. There's two shot swings. But in in the U.S. Open, nobody thinks they're going to make birdie. You know, it's tough. It's fair. It's a Somebody said it's a stern test. Like, who goes to golf for stern? I need a big dose of Stern. Why don't we go to the golf course? I mean, it doesn't even make sense to me, but whatever. It's the USGA. It's their tournament. So it's a major. Davis Thompson with the lead. He's three under. Harris English, Rory McIlroy, and Corey Connors are two under. Uh, we'll have an update with Brian Taylor coming up in half an hour. Craig Bowlerjack's next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The Pac-12 will move on regardless of what California and Oregon schools are able to do. It's not a matter of if, it's just when. Is it going to be October? Is it going to be early November? Is it going to be mid to late November? And I got to think with the Big Ten, with their announcement today, Pac-12 has to make the announcement quick if they want to get in on college football playoff and New Year's Six games. You can't, okay, well, let's get a bunch of Zoom meetings and try to figure this out. No, you got to go. Whether California can go or not, it doesn't matter. You got to go. And that's there is a lot of urgency right now because if the Pac-12 starts in mid to late November, what are you playing for? What are you doing? Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Craig Bowlerjack. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan. How are you? Good. So I'm curious, Bowler, now that you've seen the Nuggets wipe out another 3-1 to playoff deficit and advance again, are you a... Oh, a little more at peace with what happened to Jazz. Like, well, the Nuggets are really good, and the deeper they go, the better the Jazz are, which means the closer they are to doing something awesome next year. Or, B, oh, man, that could have been the Jazz. Total blown opportunity. Die! Yeah, which one of those yeah. is more more on point for you? Well, you know, I mean, it's... it's um... I don't know what the Clippers are thinking, but I'm sure Sports Talk Radio blew up because that team was, uh, you know, supposedly built to win it all. Um, but even though Paul George denied that, I thought that was an interesting post game comment. Getting getting back to the Jazz, I mean, it's 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 an opportunity blown. There's there's no question about it. Bogdanovich would have made a difference. I I, I am a believer in that, but um, it's a lesson. It's a lesson learned, uh, not once but twice in the West. 
Uh, Denver just seems to be a team that doesn't panic, and they seem to play better from behind. I know that's crazy, but uh, they lull you to sleep, and then they hit you hard in second half, and that's what they did to the Clippers. I, I, I don't know what you guys thought, but I, I saw some disinterest. I saw some disconnect. Paul George you know, walked off without even congratulating the Nuggets. Kawhi Lee stayed. I'm not sure if that that chemistry is um, all it's meant to be. I mean, that's the danger of putting together super teams, right? You know, you bring in uh, another all-star, but really, do they do they fit? Uh, do they have the same uh, goal in mind? I'm not sure I saw that with the Clippers. Uh, but, hey, give, it, give credit to Denver. This team is together. They, they're on track. Uh, they score. They make tough shots. And, you know, you get a big fella like uh, Jokovic who can go triple-double in the first half you know, a lot of good things are going to happen. That guy's very versatile, and uh, maybe he's put, uh, you know, some of their some of his uh, criticisms uh, to rest as well. The guy can play, and he's a great pick-and-roll, um, you know, offensive threat. I mean, the guy, he picks you apart. It's, it's pretty impressive. It really is. So it's a, it's a real interesting dynamic there because Paul George was talking about, hey, you know, we were put together here. You had the two top parts come in and the first time playing together. And so he was saying, let's see about next year. And some may view that as a cop-out to a degree. But you look at the Jazz, and they had a lot of new parts this year. You know, Mitchell and Gobert and, and Joe were retained and all that. But then you add in... Bogdanovich and Conley, and you know Conley's. Uh, uh, what am I looking for? A de- uh, integration, I guess, was not the smoothest thing. And then he, you know, gets injured and comes back, plays well, and then there's the break, and then they've got to start over in a sense because they don't have Bogdanovich, who was such a critical part. So they never really got, if you look at the season in its entirety, a consistent flow of their guys hitting. Well, then you look at Denver, and their guys, yeah, they're basically the same team. And Porter is new, but the nucleus of the team is the same. And so you wonder, you know, how much did that play in, just that Jamal Murray and Jokic and, and their guys have been playing together, not a long time, but longer than the Jazz and the Clippers have been playing together. And you wonder how much of a difference did that make in the series, particularly with the Jazz, which was literally a bucket that was darn near in being the difference between winning and losing the series. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, you know, it's uh, it was a, it could have maybe been a a four zero, um, you know, but it didn't happen that way. And then they, they they learned, I guess. PK, I know people get tired of hearing that. It's a process. We hear that all the time from coaches. Uh, you know, obviously, here we go with discussing next season, whenever that occurs. Do they, what do they learn, and how much more um, <clears throat> do they get tougher? Uh, and then integrating Bogdanovich back in, right? Um, you make a great point about Conley, uh, about the integration of him coming here. I thought, again, I've said it before, and I say it again, I thought he'd make a quicker transition, but he didn't. He had 12 years with Memphis, Quinn Snyder's offense, I think it's much more complicated, more ball handlers. And so uh, the injury then comes, and then he plays well up to uh, the after the All-Star break, up to COVID 
the, the stoppage of COVID-19 and then, you know, leaves to, for the birth of his son. And then you, you, here we go. We're, you know, it's a st- staccato season, right? Stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. And then there's moments you saw him play very well. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting off season. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to be interesting for Denver too, because they've gained a lot of confidence. And I'm just saying, Jokovic has impressed me. I wasn't real sure about, you know, his skill set. You lost the weight. He came in. He's more focused and seems to be in total jive with uh, what Jamal Murray's doing. The guy can hit some shots. The guy's a flat-out shooter. Uh, you know, drops 40 in Game 7. Tells me he's on, you know, on track for, you know, standing on the big stage. Do they want a championship? You know, I'm still not convinced they get past the Lakers in the West, but the way this bubble works, I don't know what's going to happen. The Heat come back and take one against Boston. So it's, um, if you like, I guess the word would be to PK, if you, if you want surprises and you want to see parity in the NBA, maybe the bubbles allowed that to happen, right? Because it, there's no home court advantage. So I'm not sure if this all happens. If this, these games were played in, at Staples Center versus, you know, Denver, back and forth, back and forth. But I think we're seeing a lot of things that we didn't expect. And for me, it's it's fun to watch, uh, to see who actually is going to survive this this three-month uh, challenge in the bubble. Well, you make it sound like you don't completely buy the Nuggets going forward. Even if there's a bubble impact and bubble effect in this, uh, as good as the Nuggets look, just the eyeball test when your your two top players are twenty three and twenty five, I just I just figure we're we're going to be seeing the Nuggets in the playoffs for the next five years unless something unforeseen happens. Why wouldn't these guys have a pretty good run here? I know I know the further you get out and they need a team around them. I know the further you get out, the harder it gets to predict and crazy stuff happens. But man, when you guys are twenty three and twenty five. And you're looking like this, even if they have gotten a little fortunate to win because of the bubble, like they're they're set up to be in the mix. Oh, I wouldn't disagree uh, at all. I guess the only factor I have is the the LeBron factor. Been there, done that, and how bad does he want it? And you know, again, finding out the chemistry with Anthony Davis. Uh, I've never been that sold on the bench of the Lakers, the depth because the starters. There's a lot of obviously pressure for them to score, much like the Clippers. Uh, but uh, Caruso has played better than expected in the bubble, and Kuzma's been pretty solid, too, off the bench. So, you know, they may have the combination to, to do it. But Denver, to your point, is on an incredible roll of confidence. And right now, they're, they, they may not care who they play. And I don't think they fear losing a game or two in this whole process, obviously. Uh, they've done it twice now, coming back from 3-1, which is unheard of. I mean, you know, I, I tell you, when Michael Porter Jr. complained about Mike Malone, I thought that would tear that team apart, right? Um, it didn't. Malone, you know, Malone seemed to hold together. And um, the rest of the team just seemed to put that aside. And, you know, controversy sometimes would you know, kind of popped the bubble, so to speak, but instead it, it maybe it motivated him. And I guess Michael Porter Jr. saw what his role would be, what he played 15 minutes in game game seven. So I, I'm impressed. I mean, you have to say for Mike Malone to be able to keep that team together and focus says a lot about his abilities.
for sure. As far as the jazz perspective go, you know, it's never a, it never ends. You're, you're constantly building. I've been saying that for a long time. The jobs of those management folks never end. You know, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck were on a conference call. What was it, last week, I think it was. Yes. And uh, the, the insight that I took was Dennis on Gobert. We talked about it at length. We didn't get a chance to talk to you about it last week, so bring it up now, where he spoke about Gobert. And he felt like there was a change, and he was he said that, that, what was it three things, DJ, uh, that he didn't uh, walking up his... walking up on the refs. Yeah. They did not yeah. like that. It is clear now. He complimented Gobert on how he handled himself in the bubble. It made it clear that before that they really didn't like. He was doing it, and they didn't like it, and they must have talked to him about it. And then uh, going back to the huddle. Uh, instead of always having a tip for his teammate and always telling him what he should be doing, he's just going back to the huddle and, and mm. leaving all that alone and not wearing out the other guys. And he complimented on that. What he basically said, you guys talk about what you see, which is normal, right? That's natural. But there were things we were looking for that we didn't see that we liked that we didn't see them. You know, they, there was stuff they wanted to right. go away. And I think unsaid under this is the fact that, hey, we've already given this guy a lot of money. And he's doing stuff we don't like. If we give him a lot more money, what else are we going to get that we don't like, right? Is he going to be coachable when he has long-term security and big-time off-the-charts money? Is he going to be coachable? And the answer they seem to be giving us is, yeah, we think he is. And so, it, to me, that meant that the odds of him re-signing on a Supermax or something close to a Supermax, if he agreed to take less, the odds seem to be going up or they wouldn't be complimenting in public like that. Right, right. No, that's a great point. You know, that conversation was intriguing. And, um, you know, when you point out some flaws, but yet you say that he's improved, I think they're, they're spot on about the complaining to the officials. It's pretty much ongoing at times. It had improved some, yes, but it also keeps the – uh, one of the top defenders, if not the best defender in the league, getting back to play what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to defend, right? And a lot of times those conversations and the complaints about the no-call on the offensive end can wear you out. So, you know, the Supermax uh, commitment, guys, is, 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 is huge. I mean, beyond that, because it's a, it's a franchise changer. With Mike Conley at $32 million and Donovan going to get his max deal, the Jazz have got to be sure that Rudy Gobert is all in and is coachable because we've seen it with other players around the league. Security, you know, sometimes makes you deaf, right? Because, look, uh, I'm, a, I'm a two-time defender. I'm, I'm another NBA, you know, third-team selection. Um, you know, what else do you want to, you know, uh, what, am I, what else am I going to learn? You know, I still look at the, the the comparisons between Jokic and and Rudy, and I think it's it's pretty obvious that the offensive side, or let's just say the versatility on the offensive side, is is much uh, leaning to the Jokic side, right? I think you'll agree: three point shot, mid range shot, the ability to float one home, where Rudy is most dominant at the rim, and the pass has to be perfect. Turnovers occur when Rudy doesn't make the catch or the ball isn't perfect. So, you know, again, the max deal only goes to just a few players, the super max, pardon me, in this league. And I think the Jazz have really got to just be careful to make sure the investment is going to be worth, uh, you know, a five-year commitment. Um, it's going to be intriguing to see where they go. And if the Millers 
uh, agree and actually want to stretch potentially past the cap into the luxury level um, and keep this team together as it is. And if they can, add another defender or another guy with an edge right off the bench uh, who still has that ability also to score and be productive. Uh, that's a tough, tough call, man, handing out that oh, kind huge. of dough because yeah, <laughs> just you, you, not just that. You know, you're giving him the money, and you're going the the thing. The reality is, you're going to spend the money, whether it's divvied up one way or however many ways you divvy it up. But when you give, so the money's going to be spent either way, right? That's that's the point there. But when you give that money to one guy. Uh, boy, you just really better hope because then you just hit your wagon to him, and then it becomes very, very difficult to trade. If, oh, you, you you really can't cut loose from that. You, you're stuck. It's like a marriage, man. And I know, like for my wife, you know, once she said I do, I don't think she had any idea all the crap she was going to have to deal with. <laughs> oh. That's probably true, man, for all of us, right? Yeah, like, really? I was going to say, nobody nobody does. This is the deal? Are you kidding me? Uh, but no, PK, your, your comment, man, about the marriage is spot on. I mean, you know, there was always talk when Carol Inko got the big the big, yeah. big money after Carl and John. <clears throat> you know, it, it, it can freeze a franchise in the sense of movement. And so you make a great point. Even though you spend the money, do you get three for one? I mean, that's where you and do those three players give you more depth and also versatility and also the other really the conversation we've discussed but again no one really knows except the two players is can Donovan and Rudy over the next five years achieve um, the ultimate goal of a title or make incredible runs at it like Carl and John did Uh, but also you know Sloan and I think Coach Snyder has made hints. Look, you don't have to be the best of friends, and is you know the kumbaya line that's always used about you know, you know, just sitting there smoking the peace pipe. But but can you can you be the dominant players you need to be on the floor without having issues? If you do have issues off the floor, can you still uh, produce at that type of expense? And that's another thing they have to understand. I mean, I'm sure they're going to talk to Donovan about the whole process, right, about chemistry. I mean, that's part of you know how, how superstars become superstars when management understands their needs, too, and what makes them happy. So who do you pick in discussing those issues? I mean, Donovan obviously is one of the young talents in this league, as is Gobert, but you said hitch the wagon. You know, I mean, do you hitch it against behind Donovan or do you hitch it behind Rudy? And do both those players understand who the Jazz are leaning on the most? I mean, that's, to me, an interesting conversation uh, because I think Kawhi and L.A. and Paul George, uh, though brought in to make instant impact, and then Paul, Paul George says, nah, you know what, not really this year. Really? I mean, I would think a guy who just won an NBA championship in Kawhi and Paul George, who's on the search, they thought they had the chemistry or the, the talent to do so. Um, in my opinion, I thought it was a an odd and surprising statement by Paul George personally, but maybe they're right. Maybe they didn't expect to even get this far. I don't know. I, I did. I think everyone else did in the league as well. 
all eyes were on L.A., right? Both the Cav- uh, the Cavs, the, the Clippers and and the Lakers. But, uh, man, it's it's a tough thing to do to be in this business, even more so nowadays with uh, the money that's available and the star power that can impact a team and direct a team. And, you know, the Jazz, I think, have done a good job holding their own franchise together. And Quinn Snyder, Jerry Sloan, they were in charge of how those players reacted and responded to many things. And, you know, Quinn, man, he's in his sixth year. Uh, you know, he's waded uh, through a lot of storms, and I witnessed it, you know, in Oklahoma City on March 11th. Uh, he took over and, and took command of what this team had to do, and I applaud him. And I, I see him still very much uh, a, a big part of moving forward with uh, Gobert and, and Donovan. Well, Bowler, we could keep this conversation going, but we got to go to break. But we appreciate the time and uh, food food for thought for everyone as the Jazz uh, decide what their next move is. Uh, it's it's huge. It's a, you know we say don't we? It's every summer. It's always well now it's fall. <laughs> yeah. But every every year is going to be a big off season, and it it really is for every team in this league. That 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 statement never wears itself out because you're close. You see progress, but what's the next step or the piece? that you need. We won't know what Bogdanovich would have done for the Jazz in the bubble, right? But you can always think about it. Uh, but boy, I'd like to see a team stay healthy throughout. And that's really a key for a title run. Can you stay healthy through 82+. plus? So, we'll see when we start to play again. At least we know when draft night is. And now, we wait to see when free agency, and we wait to see uh, when the Jazz and the NBA get back at it in 21. So, um, I can't wait. A lot of things are going to happen between now and then. Good to hear you guys. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Buller. DJ and PK, Brian Taylor, U.S. Open golf update coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. Another summer's gone, and you think that yet again you're the best barbecue guy on the block. Are you? You can be one of two contestants to prove it Friday, September 18th at the Ace Hardware on 6200 South and Highland Drive. Tweet at us now. Tell us why you should be there taking on the zone host for the inaugural Zone Barbecue Championship. It's brought to you by Ace Hardware, the store, Traeger Grills, and the Zone Sports Network. Contestants will be drawn today during Scotty and Hans' show. Enter now, and you could be there on Friday. Scotty and Hans coming up in a little more than an hour. <clears throat> they will sort all of this out. All right, PK, that conversation with Bowler, that, uh, this will be shows later on, but uh, right now we can just, <laughs> just do a segment and follow up on it. You know, yeah. do they pay Gobert? How much do they pay Gobert? Where is this going? And I think just given the answer and how relatively unprompted some of the portions of the answer were, it just made me think they really like what they saw from him and there is a deal to be worked out there. Well, it's a couple of things that come to mind is that I agree with you on that premise, but I also think Dennis Lindsay is very, very shrewd, and you have to be. And by the, what I'm talking about is the shrewdness, if that's a word, that he has with the media. Last year at Locker Cleanout, or which is basically the end of the season press conference, and we're all over at the, uh, the practice facility, I ask him, Essentially, can you afford to have Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert together? In my mind, the answer was overwhelmingly no. Well, his spin was how valuable Derek Favors was. Rather than, no, we can't, because Derek is just too good, and he's going to. We can't afford to play a backup center. Essentially, twenty million bucks, rounded off. 
But that's not the way he answered my question. Even though he knew, I knew, <laughs> DJ knew, yeah. Dennis knew, PK knew, Dennis knew, DJ knew, that the answer is no, we can't. So I expect it that when he's speaking with about Gobert, he's going to put Gobert in the best light publicly. Because that's what Dennis does, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to come down and say this, this, and this publicly. Now, the the thing that I think was a little more insightful, if I recall, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I recall that it was not, his response was not prompted by a question. It was brought up on his own. So he, I think there's a little more truth to it rather than spin, that he felt like this was true. But at the same time, man, putting out that cash, even if Gobert was a model dude, not that he's a bad dude by any stretch, but that they hadn't had some issues, the issues that Dennis himself lined up, giving, calling for the lob every time and getting all miffed when you don't get it and complaining to the mm-hmm. refs and blah, blah, blah. Those are legitimate issues, all right? Even if they weren't there, still putting forth that kind of money becomes a massive commitment. If you're in, in the NBA and pro sports, if you're giving somebody five years, that's a long time because that's basically going to eat up his entire prime as an NBA player. Not, not to say he couldn't contribute beyond that, but it's the bulk of his best years. And it's so easy for me and you to say, sure, give it to him. We don't have to live with any of the consequences. <laughs> Zero, nothing. So I'm thinking, yes, you should, but it's so simple for me to say. Yeah, and I don't, when I say, I think there's a deal to be made doesn't automatically imply that he's getting the Supermax. You know, he can get a lot of money without going all the way to the Supermax number. Uh, I I totally agree with you on the five years of his prime. You know, that's if he gets a five-year deal, that is probably about his prime. I know big guys have played to 40, and they have contributed to 40. The league's changed. you got to defend a lot of pick-and-rolls. So the big guys have played longer because they haven't been required to move as much, especially the lateral quickness. But five to ten years ago, that started changing in a big way, right? It started. I think it really started changing when Al Jefferson was with the Jazz. You know, he was an old-school model. Um, and could go into the low post, you know, poor man's Carl Malone, that kind of stuff. But he had to get out and defend the pick and roll. One of the things that made Carl great was Carl could actually go out and do that. There aren't very many big guys who can't. Gobert can go out and do that, but after 32, 33, 34, will he be able to do that? He'll always be able to block shots. You know, he'll always be able to catch the alley-oop at the rim and dunk it. That stuff's not going away. He'll be able to contribute. But that ability to go out and move laterally, ooh, you're right. That's probably going to really start changing at 32, 33, 34, unless he's an off-the-charts, just kind of freakish athlete, the way I mean, we're seeing LeBron, LeBron's beating father time. Maybe to some degree Gobert will be able to. So you're going he's all— delayed you, it. Yeah, he's delayed it, right. Exactly. It's going to get him at some point. He's not going to be 56 out there doing this. It's going to happen. So— you are. This is for a go. This is a deal for go, the rest of Gobert's prime. And I just thought that the points that um, uh, Dennis was building up to without saying are well. 
is he coachable? Does he want to continue to improve? Or is he going to think, I'm all that and I've arrived? I think each of the three things he pointed out all point at that. And the fact that all of the answers say, um, you know, he's still willing to improve and he's willing to change and he's willing to work at making himself better, make me think there's a deal to be made. Now, you're right about going all in on that money. You know, it's the, uh, what was the Jim Fossil line about pushing all the chips to the middle of the table? Uh, you wonder what, if they don't spend that money on Gobert and he leaves and cuts a deal with somebody else, right? Whether it's a trade, what do you get back, or it's free agency, what do you spend that money on? Does that make you a better team? I think it's going to be hard, you know? Are these guys the guys who can win a championship? There is no guarantee of that. You know, you're projecting, you think you know, everybody thinks you know, but nobody can really know for sure. You know, we, we've, we see that too much. Nobody thought the Clippers were going out in the second round, and yet they're out. We think we know, but we don't really know. Well, I think the key here is that if you're going to give these guys this money, these two stars, go ahead and give it to them. Then this is where Lindsey and Jay-Z really, really earn their money because what bargains can you find to flush out the roster? You've yep. gotten some pretty good bargains in, in, in Joe when you found him and uh, Royce when you found him. But now them, Joe's going to get older here, yep. and Joe's going to be done playing when Mitchell and Gobert are still playing and have years to go. So that becomes really incumbent upon those guys to find those bargains, man. And I think that, because it seems like they're going in the direction of these two guys, and I'm okay with that, but then what do they do? How do they get those gems that fit in, and how does Snyder and his guys coach them up? And if they can do that, then they'll be on to something. No guarantees, of course, but you want to you wanna be in the mix. you got to be in the mix first in order to get where you want to go. And if they can find some gems to flush out the roster and get some real solid guys, whether they're up-and-comers or whether they're guys on the back end or anywhere in between, I think that will determine the level of greatness of the ball club because these two guys alone, I believe, will make you good and very good but we all want great, and they're going to have to flush out that roster to find those guys, and that's what becomes so intriguing. Join the Big Show Friday from 2 to 7 at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Coming back with Brian Taylor. Real Golf Radio, U.S. Open first round underway. We'll get an update from Brian next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.